Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Here's the Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app, Red Circle, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, also the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, and turn the notifications on. Also, check out Off the Floor. That's text directly to your phone from the hosts of Five on the Floor, Bypass Twitter, and everything else. You get it directly from us. Winnow, that's with two N's, winnow.app with two P's, backslash Off the Floor. Also, check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. For this episode, that includes All Pro Construction Builders. You can find them at allproconstructionbuilders.com. We know it's hard to believe with the hurric- uh, with the weather down here in the heat, but her- it is actually hurricane season. There are named storms. Make sure that you get the storm windows, the storm doors. Also, can't find a place to live other than the one you're in right now. We know it's tough for people. Renovate your house. They can do all of that for you as well. Reach out to Danny and his team, his personal cell. Again, this is a family business, 305 305- 484-4429, 305-484-4429. Big Miami Heat fans, allproconstructionbuilders.com. And now, today's episode. Down to Biscay. Yikes. Yes. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buck to say, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop with one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. And for our fourth installment of our five-part series prior to Dwayne Wade going into the Hall of Fame this weekend, we're calling it the Thank You Dwayne Wade series. We've got Norris Cole. It's going to take us up in the big three years. Of course, he was part of what I think UD called the little 12, but that doesn't uh, that doesn't disparage anything. I think when Rio was at big three, uh, not big three, the heat big three, but the big three uh, when him and Beasley were there the other day, he was talking about the little 12 here. Um, Norris, we appreciate you joining us. Man, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be here, man. Exciting times. Exciting times. It is. It is. You uh, you were a backcourt mate of a Hall of Famer. And he was a backcourt mate of yours, actually. So he should be proud of that, too. Um, before we start, uh, I do want to tell people about Energy Cubes. I want to let you tell people about Energy Cubes. By the way, if you're watching this on YouTube, yes, those are trophies behind Norris. And he's also wearing a championship hat. So I don't have any of those things. Neither does Alex. Uh, tell us about Energy Cubes. Well, Energy Cubes is the best tasting snack um, bar on the market. Um, all natural, non-GMO, uh, dairy-free, soy-free, um, for pre-workout, for post-workout, or just for a snack. 
you know, after work, doing work or on lunch break. Um, you can get them at E3EnergyCubes.com. And um, if you want a special rate, you can put in Norris Code 20 for a special 20% off. So Norris Code 20 at E3EnergyCubes.com. All right, we're going to fast forward through the first year of the big three because you hadn't joined yet. Um, so we're, we're, but I, I'm going to give like the one minute synopsis of what was the craziest year of pretty much anybody's professional life who was around. Essentially, LeBron chooses Miami. Dwayne stays. Chris Bosh joins. Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody hates the heat. Everybody hates LeBron. People are booing him, yelling crazy things at him, throwing batteries at him. Uh, Dwayne slides a little bit over to the side. They occupy the same place on the floor. So it was a little bit clunky at first. They start nine and eight. Then they went on a run where they won 20 out of 22. They got their uh, 21 out of 22. They got their season together. They end up going to the finals. And then of course they lose in the finals to Dallas, JJ Berea, a whole bunch of memories that Heat fans don't really want to recall once they get to the finals. And then they go to the off season. And uh, again, to me, the Dwayne context of the first season is this. He made enormous sacrifices that I don't think will ever be fully appreciated to bring LeBron in um, and to bring Chris in and to give up not just the ball, but the spotlight in a lot of ways because it was Dwayne's town and Dwayne was coming off two seasons which were practically MVP-type seasons. He carried the team pretty much by himself to the playoffs even though they lost in the first round the two times. He said when they lost in 2010 to Boston at the podium, I need help. They got him help uh, that first year. LeBron and Bosch were pretty good help, as well as uh, bringing in Mike Miller uh, and keeping Udonis Haslam and some of the other things that they did. Um, but again, they didn't get the job done at the end, even though Dwayne had a tremendous NBA Finals in 2011 and probably would have been the MVP if they'd won the series against Dallas. So I just want to get your perspective, Norris, before we go further. At that time, you're at Cleveland State. like You're trying to get drafted by an NBA team. First thing, what was what was your perspective of the big three from afar? Because you're at Cleveland State. LeBron had just left Cleveland. Uh, so that, so that, that's the first part. But then also, did you ever have an inkling? I'm going to be in that mess next year. Well, when I was living in downtown Cleveland in school, and the city definitely took a change, let's say a change, when LeBron left. Big change. Um, I didn't really think about playing for the Heat. I just wanted a chance to play in the NBA, and I knew I was going to get a chance, but I didn't know where or how. But I kept up with, you know, obviously I watched the playoffs and I watched the finals and I saw what happened. And I definitely felt, you know, that I could help any team, but especially watching that finals, seeing how, you know, J.J. Barrett, Jason Terry, some of the guards were getting loose. I definitely felt that I could help if I was given the chance. But, you know, I never thought that that was going to actually happen. Well, you mentioned there was a change in downtown Cleveland. Uh, and I, I, I definitely heard about that when I went back in 2014 when LeBron went back and how it changed back to the way it was before. East 4th Street was not quite the same uh, after LeBron left. A lot of things weren't the same there. What were, just before we move on to the Dwayne part of this, what were your personal feelings about LeBron leaving Cleveland at that time? Because I'm sure there was a lot of influence uh, around you saying, uh, who weren't so happy with him, from what I recall. Uh, for me, I didn't really... It didn't bother me that much. Um, I thought he was doing what he thought was best. Um, in Cleveland, I think they didn't like the way he did it. But um, I didn't, at the time, I really didn't think too much of it. Um, I thought it was going to be exciting for the NBA. 
but like I said, I was focused on me trying to make it to that level. <laughs> so I, I didn't have time to really be too judgmental. Um, but I wasn't I wasn't one of the ones that was you know angry and burning jerseys or anything like that. Because at the end of the day, he's still from Ohio. Yeah, they were burning jerseys. They were giving out twenty five cent shots. If you told the best LeBron joke, uh, I, I remember being there on, on December second, uh, two thousand ten. All right, so let's pivot to Dwayne. You get drafted, right? Um, and obviously, you you've seen Dwayne play throughout kind of your childhood. You're growing up. Um, at that yeah. point, it was kind of before his knees really started to bother him. Like he was coming off a really good year. Just give me your first, your early Dwayne Wade impressions uh, from, from that first training camp when you were a rookie. Well, obviously I has, I was in high school when he, he had that special 06 finals, mm-hmm. you know, I remember seeing that and that's when everybody called him flash with the, uh, you know, he had the, the Nelly had the bandaid under the eye. So when I got to Miami, Obviously, he had changed a little bit. He was a little heavier. Um, he was playing more out of the post. Um, that was my first time really seeing him up close and personal. I was like, wow, I see why he's such a special player. He has gifts that not a lot of people have. You know, his hands are bigger than the average 6'3", 6'4", person. You know, his um, his ability to read defenses, you get to see the details up close and personal of why he's special. And, um, you know, his strength and his conditioning, you know, was second to none. So that's the first thing, like just seeing him up close and personal, seeing, the, you know, the, the physical player that he really was, to see that not on TV but every day, that was the first thing I noticed, like, man, this guy's gifted. He has some things that, you know, coaches can't coach and that only God can give you. Norris, you mentioned kind of like all, all these things that stood out to you that were special about Dwayne when you got to see him up close. At that time, you know, you coming in as a rookie, um, he had just finished the, the season before, um, as Ethan was talking about, losing the finals, and he had averaged 27 in that finals, right? He was still playing at the top of his game. When LeBron decided to join the Heat, it was obviously still, you know, Dwayne's team, even though it was kind of an overblown narrative in general. Um, it was obviously his team because of how good he was, you know, kind of being a top three player in the league up to that point in time. And then again, showing it in that first year. By the time you got to play with him, um, like what were the differences you noticed between what you saw growing up, right? With like, you mentioned the 06 finals and the skill level that he had got into. I know you mentioned kind of, you know, he was a little heavier. He played, had a little bit more post work, but what had you noticed about Dwayne and the way he adjusted to his career kind of throughout the injuries before, you know, they really started to pile up and what were the differences that you noticed as time went on? Well, I noticed that he played different because our team was different, you know, 06, 07, even, you know, 08 and 09, he was more pick and roll based, you know, play with the ball, play the point, pick and roll, split the defense, you know, very, very like dynamic with the ball, like very fast, very quick with the ball. Uh, when I was with the team, he was so poised. It was like, he was never in a rush. You know, he only moved fast when he wanted to move fast. You know, it was more about positioning and, you know, playing more off the ball because obviously LeBron had the ball a lot. And so, you know, that's what I noticed, his IQ for the game. He could play with the ball, but he also could slash and play off the ball. And he also could ISO and, you know, catch the ball in the post. So, you know, he kind of showed all of the, the aspects of his game, which was, was, was very, you know, impressive to see. You know, with different lineups, the starting lineup, he played one way. Uh, when they made subs, when, when, when Spo, you know, made substitutions, he could play a whole nother way. 
you know, and then the end of the, the end of the game lineup, he could play a whole nother way. So he mm -hmm. he constantly reinvented himself, and you know that showed me as a professional, even a guy who's an elite player, you know, you can always get better. Well, the other thing I wanted to ask too is just as far as Dwayne goes, um, he he played at an insane level while while you were there as well. Helped him get to, you know, the two championships, of the the four finals appearances. What do you think it was about Dwayne, if you're talking about it in the perspective of like LeBron's best teammates ever? Because I know that's kind of a controversial topic amongst NBA fans. Where yeah. between Dwayne, uh, CB, and kind of the the, the rest of the supporting cast, you included. Um, what makes I think those teams special and Dwayne special that stands out um, when you kind of you compare LeBron's stint in Miami to these other stops in his career where like he was able to get to four straight champion. I mean, uh, four straight finals appearances, two championships. Like what made that Dwayne and that Heat team uh, special compared to the other stops? Uh, I think our team had a lot of emotional maturity. Um, our team had no problem, you know, sacrificing. Everyone was willing to sacrifice. And that, obviously that started with D-Wade giving up the things that you mentioned earlier that he gave up to have those guys come down. So we had a lot of emotional maturity. Um, like I said, sacrificing. We had, you know, guys that came from different backgrounds, mm -hmm. which helped our team, you know, everybody was, you know, the personalities were different. So it wasn't really redundant on the team. So you always had different characters. You had a You weren't like Birdman in any way? Guys <laughs> <laughs> like a UD, but then you had a guy like a Birdman. Then you had a guy like Rio. Then you had how D-Wade was. Then you had LeBron's personality versus CB's personality. So we had a bunch of different personalities that kind of fit. You know, they were all, we were all different, but we fit. I mean, every day, you know, you kind of had something different. And so I think that's what made our team different. You know, we, we were entertaining to watch, but yet we were like mature, you know? So I think that made it, you know, made our team different. And it wasn't a bunch of changes. Like mm -hmm. it wasn't a big blockbuster trade every year with our team. It was the same base group of guys every year. And then we might've brought in Ray after the year after that and the Rashard Lewis, you know, year, year after that. But it wasn't like, wholesale changes like mm -hmm. on other teams other championship teams so i think that's what made our group special and yeah, it was the catalyst for that yeah i always said that was the most intelligent team i've ever covered actually that was uh you know you never knew what jj or chris or any of the guys were going to be reading in the locker room like finance books before games yes <laughs> yes <laughs> um i want to go through that that 2011 2012 season a little with you um here because uh you know, people forget it was it was a, it was a lockout shortened season, so it was only sixty six games. You guys didn't start until Christmas. You started in Dallas, won in Dallas pretty easily, mm -hmm. um, and and then you know, kind of. I, I remember you had a big game against Boston, from what I recall, uh, during that that run there at home. Uh, but the team started five and zero. Oh. I mean, it really sort of took off and never really looked back. I mean, you guys were thirty one and nine at one point. And, and so, you know, I think people kind of forget a lot of the regular season and, and sort of pivot more to the playoffs because th there was a feeling that the team was sort of on a mission roles had been found. You had obviously helped stabilize the backcourt. Some Shane had come in and, and helped stabilize in a lot of ways, uh, kind of the core group. Um, but then you guys get to the playoffs. You, you beat the Knicks. It seemed like everybody in the Knicks blew out their knee in that series. I Baron Davis, Amon Shumpert. There was a lot of, but the Pacer series is really where I want to go to with you because for me, this is 
one of the pivot moments for Dwayne during that run because that series had everything. First thing, the Pacers were kind of up and coming. They were, you know, they had put together this sort of nice core group and they were physical and they were annoying and they were obnoxious and they they got under everybody's skin a little bit. They were team back then. <laughs> right, right. And, and, and it was us and them. Yep, us and them. Exactly. And that was the year it established. And then Chris gets hurt, right? And and you guys had to change all these pieces. And not only was Chris hurt, but Dwayne was struggling. Like Dwayne, I mean, he was struggling with his knee in that series. He went, he went to Indiana to go visit with Tom Crean. He had a big blow up with, with, uh, with, with Spo on the sideline that was visible to everybody. And then he came back and I just want to go to this moment. LeBron got him a layup right before halftime. I think it was in game four. Um, he got him a layup when he was really struggling. And from then on, the two of them just went nuts for two and a half games could you go through that period a little bit? Cause to me, that was, we talk about Dwayne's resilience, like that series to me showed it. Well, yeah, it, D was going through a lot of stuff, even off the court during that time, which people don't know about. So he showed how mentally strong he is as a superstar. He showed he was a superstar. Like I think sometimes people forget, you know, cause time he's been retired for a couple of years, but like D way showed in that series, like he's a, a superstar. He's one of those ones. And so I think one game, I think he might've had like, 36 points and like like maybe no free throws like he made like 13 field goals in one of those games like he he really went on a tangent for us um and he and he showed me you know I mean he showed everybody but me as a young player he showed me what it's like for a guy to rise to the level of competition because you never know who a guy is in time of comfort you find out who a guy is in times of trial and controversy and you know we were, we were down in that series and, you know, it was a big blow up. We were him and Spo. He was going through some things physically and mentally. And he just came out and just dominated. You know, obviously LeBron dominated as well. I think Brian had 41 and 17 that same game. Um, but the way he came out and dominated and showed like, I am a superstar. I am who I am. And he wasn't going to let us lose. And if I don't mention that UD was eight of nine twice in that series, he'll kill me. So I got to I got to say, I got to say that also. Oh, I'm keeping it on D-Way right now because <laughs> y'all know the OG always play his part. He always played his part. And and he'll remind us if, if we don't say it. So I, I wanted to make sure I say it. But, but you don't always give you your props, UD. Hey, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, so so you guys get through that series, though, and then and then there's Boston, obviously. And then, you know, people remember, you know, you know not just Chris coming back, but obviously – all the pressure you guys were under, what LeBron did in that game six, you get through the Boston series and, and I, I, you know, and, and then you end up in that series against OKC. And I, I just, I'm just wondering as you look back at that series, cause we talk more about the Spurs series, I, I think, um, than we do that one, but, yeah. but just your memories kind of, of what you guys kind of went through as a group, you know, you and, and everybody, including Dwayne in that OKC series. With the OKC series, you got to think the dynamics of the finals was different then. It was 2-3-2. Two, two. You know, then they changed it back. <laughs> I don't know what made them go 2-3-2 two, two for those couple of years, but it was 2-3-2. Two, two. So our, our whole message was play them two games in OKC and don't go back. That was our whole thing. Win both in OKC or win one and run three off in Miami so we don't have to go back to OKC. That was our total focus. And we, we gave up the first game. We had it. You know, but we gave up game one. Then after that, we was like, okay, we got to win game two. And once we went to Miami, the whole message, 
you know, before we would hit the court, we not going back, we not going back. And so, you know, we did that. And obviously, you know, Brian and KD was dueling, but you know, there was some other duels, you know, with D Wade and Russ, you know, they were dueling at the same time. And obviously, we, you know, we saw how well, you know, D Wade played and, you know, was that was that force for us. He led in so many different ways other than just scoring. You know, obviously he was a scorer, but his playmaking ability, his defense, his, his uh, rim protection, his shot blocking ability to start the break, his outlet passes that a lot of times led to LeBron dunks and highlights. You know, he just showed, you know, he just showed why our team was so well because you know, we had a guy who could be a number one option who was, you know, taking a more supportive role, uh, which is why we were elite. And I know I know, Dwayne didn't want to go back to OKC because uh, he had that famous quote that that irritated all the OKC fans during that series where he said, he was asked what there was to do in Oklahoma City. He said, watch movies in my room. Uh, and so... <laughs> So you have to get haunted in that in that haunted hotel. Oh, the haunted whatever, hotel. Right? Yeah. The, no, the, well, well I, you know, I I ended up playing at OKC, so I you know I can't talk bad about the city. But yeah, when you when you're used to being in Miami, it's rough going to OKC, it, <laughs> especially when you when you D Wade. You know, it's definitely different going to OKC. No, it is, it, it, it is different. If they'd had a parade, it would have gone down one street back and forth. That's what I tweeted. They didn't like that very much either, but there was no parade, so they didn't have to deal with it. All right, when we come back for the break, uh, I want to get to the 12-13 season with Norris, 27-game winning streak, uh, and, and everything that happened in there. Before we do, I want to mention a couple great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Our friend Lynette, you can find her at insurancebylynette.com, A Aggressive Insurance. She's one of the biggest Heat fans we know. Follows everything we do here. If you need life insurance, car insurance, renter's insurance, she is the person to go to. Insurancebylanette.com, two N's, two T's, 954-581-8800. That's 954-581-8800. Also, Better Edge, this is our legal betting partner. You're betting against others who use it. You're not betting against the app. That's why this is legal. It's legal in 44 states. Go to betteredge.com. That's with two T's. O-R-Edge.com, betteredge.com. Use the code 5RSN. You get $20 to play. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, the 12-13 season. So you guys come back. You've won a championship. People wonder if a team is going to be as hungry after they won a title. It was Dwayne's second title. Your first. LeBron's first. Um, and then you guys just went nuts. And, I, you know, that 27-game winning streak, um, what I always say about there's a couple of things about it. One is um, one of the reasons I think it happened was you talk about not a lot of changes. Once Birdman came in, which, uh, you know, you guys kind of needed size. I remember being out with you guys in Portland. You had some rebounding trouble for a couple games. Uh, they bring Bird in, and you guys go on this 27-game streak. He actually, he actually guys, I think, were 37-3 and when he played that year. But that's the most consistent rotation that Spo has ever found during uh, his Heat career. It was literally the same every single game, with the exception of two that Dwayne missed and Mike filled in for him. Uh, Mike Miller filled but otherwise, it was always the same. It was, it was, uh, it was, it was Bosch. It was, it was UD. You know, LeBron, uh, Dwayne, Rio, and then at a certain point, about nine minutes into the first quarter, everybody would come out, but either LeBron or Dwayne. You would come in. Ray would come in. Birdman would come in. Uh, and I'm missing the fourth. Oh, and Shane would come in. The four of you guys would come in with one of them. They play three minutes. The other one would come out. And then the other one would anchor the unit. And it was literally the same, with the exception of the two that Mike played. And it was incredibly consistent. But go through that run. It just seemed like I've never seen a team that understood their roles better than that group did during that period of time. And that included Dwayne, who, by the way, his numbers during that streak, I remember writing a column about this, were insane. It was just, they were just overshadowed by LeBron's. But, like, it was one of – to me, it was the, the best – the last best stretch – of Dwayne's career statistically and the way he played every night. Well, that just shows you what we talked about earlier, the the emotional intelligence of our team. Everyone knew their role and accepted it. We were all stars in our role. Mm. We played it to the T. And a lot of a lot of that had to do with health. You know, it's easy to keep the same rotation when when the guys are healthy and consistently playing. Uh, as we've seen in recent years with the Heat, that's kind of been a struggle. So for us, we had a lot of guys that took, you know, took care of their bodies and were healthy and was able to be available to have a consistent rotation for sport. And um, D Wade was was amazing. Uh, obviously, you know, LeBron was putting outer worldly numbers up, but you know, people didn't realize D Wade was putting up for for what most people would be a career year. <laughs> for most, the numbers he was putting up. In the secondary role would be career years for every other superstar, a lot of other superstars. And so we understood that, though, in our team. Everybody on our team understood the importance of D. Um, you know, we don't we don't get to those finals. We don't have those winning streaks. We don't have the Heatles, the Harlem Shake. We don't have the fashion thing. We don't have, we don't have that culture without D. And so, you know, I'm, I'm just honored that, you know, I was able to share that space with them. Uh, everyone on the team, for sure, was appreciative of them. We were the Heatles, you know, but you can't have the Heatles without, you know, D Wade. You know, you can't, you can't have, you can't have the Heatles without D Wade. A hundred percent. And just kind of hearing you talk about that season, which is, of course, magical for all Heat fans. Just going on that winning streak, kind of attempting to break history, getting pretty damn close, because that's that was kind of one of those records that I feel like nobody really saw it coming that like a team was going to even get close. It felt like one of those kind of unbreakable things. And I remember like the only other team that had somewhat come close was the Rockets in like 07 or something like that. I, I, don't, I don't know if I have that right, but they had one like, what was it? 21 or 22. You guys blew that out the water. And I'm, it was, I'm, I was 
glad that uh, Ethan and you went over kind of Dwayne's impact in that because as Ethan yeah. said, that was kind of the last time that we saw him at that, I think like A plus level. And then you started to kind of see a little bit of decline little by little as Dwayne was kind of dealing with those injuries. And I remember that that playoff run after that win streak was when you first kind of started to see it. Like he had a little bit of trouble, I believe, during the, was it the Pacers series in the conference finals? Um, and then he still was able to rise above it and, you know, play through the adversity in that conference finals, in that finals to help you guys secure the championship. And then after that, in the finals after that, you saw Dwayne really struggle. And, you know, we, we know how it, we, I know we're not talking about those years after, but, you know, we, he was able to kind of turn it back around and go right back to playing at a really high level after that. But during, I, I think as you started to see that, what kind of a teacher and what kind of a lesson was it to see Dwayne fight through those types of injuries where it's like, okay, um, you know, the, the flash might not be quite exactly the flash anymore at times, but then rise right above it, play through it and, you know, win at the highest levels against the freaking Spurs who had never lost in the finals up to that point until you guys beat them. Uh, well, you always hear the saying, um, eventually you're going to get older. So, you know, you need to work on your body. Um, you need to work on your um, IQ for the game so that when your body slows down, your mind can still help you. Well, I was able to see that live in the flesh. Um, you know, D-Wade, you know, sometimes his knees were bothering, but he was still do all the treatment and everything so that he could be ready to play. And because he was so intelligent, he could still get to the spots that he wanted to get to and elevate to score or make a pass or command a double team, even though he was in pain. But because he knew the game so much and he knew our offense and he knew our rhythm, our team rhythm, he could find ways to be effective. And sometimes, you know, plays that he used to with Duncan, he might would, he might would lay it up and finger roll it. But the fact that he could get to that spot was impressive. And that showed me his his mental IQ. Like he knew, he knew, all right, when I catch the ball in this position, how how many dribbles, how many steps it's going to take for me to get to the rim. If it's a shot blocker, he would know what type of shot he could use. So if he can't elevate over him, he had different shots in his, in his repertoire that he could make it, you know, whether it's a floater, whether it's a finger roll, whether it's a, a shot off the glass with touch. You know, he had those different shots so that even though athletically he couldn't elevate as high, he still had the shot making ability because his his IQ of the game. And that's what I that's what I watched. I watched him. I'm like, man, how's he gonna do this today? Like I know he's not feeling right. And he, every time he would every time he'd start hitting that floater, he'd start shooting that shot off the glass, he'd start hitting you with the pump fake, double pump fake, jump until you get to the free throw line. Like his IQ was always a step ahead, so that even as his body declined, his game was still elite. And that's why, if you're Greg Popovich, you don't put Tiago Splitter on him to start a finals game and piss him off because, you know, Popovich is a great coach, and you know we all respect him. But D Wade did not like that. <laughs> he did not like that at all. It it was incredible. <laughs> disrespect Norris it just and, and I actually asked pop about it on the off day and I'll just say about my question he did not like that at all either he said do you want to coach the team and that was pretty much it but I mean again you, you're you're taking a guy with Dwayne's pride and you're putting a seven foot guy who cannot move against him you deserve to get 32 dropped on you that's kind of the way that that works well they had they wanted to see you know, some people, they call it, they want, you know, some people are from the show me state. They like, you got to show me. 
Dwayne <laughs> Wade is the type of guy he's willing to show you. <laughs> if you if you doubt him, or if you do something like that, my big bro, hey, he's willing to show you. But by I, time it was gonna be too late because it was over. <laughs> it, it was over, and eventually you guys had another championship. I want I want to close with that. We were gonna talk about 2014, but we don't really need to go there so much. I, I think to me, uh, what 2014 showed was how much Dwayne was needed to be healthy. Because when you guys went through that year and you didn't know game to game, uh, I always remember LeBron's face when he would find out from us before a game, <laughs> oh, D's not playing tonight? Um, and, and kind of the struggle that that season was for all you guys. And I look back and I'm kind of amazed you guys got to the finals because I, I know that that was a tough year. Like even Dwayne said, I did a sit down with Dwayne after the 14 season. Uh, and it ended up blowing up on Bleacher Report because everybody took it the wrong way and they thought it was a shot at LeBron, which it wasn't. And he just said that last year wasn't fun. He said that to me flat out because it was it was such a struggle with him trying to get healthy and everybody was a little tired of each other. You know, when guys are together for three, four years, that kind of stuff happens. But I, I always look at it like that showed why Dwayne mattered because when you didn't have a healthy Dwayne in 14 – you know, it was a little bit more of a struggle, but you, you said something there I want to close with, and we really appreciate you doing this. Make sure you guys check out energy cubes, use Norris's code. And we always appreciate Norris here on the show. Um, you said my big bro. And, and I, I, and I know the relationship that you had with him personally and, and how he took you under his wing. And I just, if you could go through that a little bit and also just what this means for you. I mean, this is, this is the first player that he'd have ever drafted who's going to the hall of fame. Like they've got a bunch of hall of famers. Zoe, uh, Shaq, you know, Timmy, I mean, there's a whole, you know, Ray, there's a whole long list of them. Right. But, but this is, this is their guy, but it's also your guy. Like you shared a locker room with him. And in a lot of ways, I, I remember he would speak for, he would speak up for you. He would, he would encourage you. I, I'm just, you know, with, with us, I know you personally, what, what does this mean for you to have your big bro go in? Oh, it means a lot. Um, you know, a guy, obviously you look up to who becomes your, a guy you look up to, then he becomes your teammate, and then from being teammates and coworkers, you be, you form a brotherhood, becomes a brother. Uh, means a lot that um, he contributed to my success, and I was able to contribute some to his success. Um, obviously, off the court, you know, he was always uh, welcoming to me. I remember um, one holiday, uh, we had a little break, and I wasn't able to go home, so he allowed me to come over to his house with his family for the holiday, and enjoy dinner and everything, you know, with his family. Anytime somebody opens up their home for you, that's a big deal, you know, at least where I'm from. And so, you know, I, I was very appreciative of that. Um, you know, he was a good example of branding, you know, how to brand yourself off the court. You know, you don't have to always have a major, you know, brand. You can start something on your own. Uh, he was very creative in that space. Um, his commitment to, you know, being a father, all of those things I paid attention to and, um, you know, I was just appreciative of it. You know, he, you know, he allowed me to be around when the cameras were off, which is, you know, there's personal time. And you know, he he allowed me to be around him in that space and, you know, use his chef a couple of times and, you know, things that you have to have a personal relationship with the guy in order for that to happen. You know, they don't just let anybody have access to him like that. And so that, those are the things I'm most appreciative of just being able to share his space, see, see what it's like to live that lifestyle, see what it's like to, um, be a brand on the court and off the court and still a family man, uh, have your own style. He always had his own style, which I was the same way. I always kind of had my own unique style. So to see a guy at that level, um, to be able to take me under his wing, 
he was a man of his word. You know, we had a shooting contest. Uh, I won it, and he, you know, he let me use the Porsche. You know, let me have a Porsche. <laughs> you know, he, all those things that you know, personable things that not everyone gets to experience. You know, at, at the pro level, as especially as a young fella. You know, he was already 11 years in when I came into the league. So, you know, to be able to share that space with him, it was cool, man. And no, that, that big brother. That that's awesome stuff, and I know how highly he he always. He always speaks of you, and uh, and so you're definitely someone we want to have on here. Well, Norris, we appreciate it. Again, like I said, everybody check out Energy Cubes. We'll post that up on the Twitter account as well. Continue to follow our coverage. Last episode is going to be about the breakup and the return, the last dance, and, and kind of what happened uh, after after Dwayne left. Pat spoke about that on the conference call this week, and, and in, in my view – the most important thing that the Miami Heat franchise has ever done was patch things up with Dwayne Wade. Cause none of this stuff happens after Jimmy's not here. Uh, none of the things that have happened after free agents wouldn't have wanted to come here. And this is why absolutely Portland, Portland should do the right thing by Dame Lillard, but that's a whole nother conversation. Right. Hey man, make sure you get that highlight. It's a highlight of me throwing an alley-oop full court Dwayne Wade in Toronto. Make sure you put that on this episode. We're, we're going to get it on, and we do playback. And now we do this thing called playback, Norris. We're going to make sure we get it on. We're going to check it out. You too. No, I remember it. I was there, Full man. Full court in Toronto, alley-oop to D-Wade. Called it two-hand dunk. Make sure you make sure you get that. I I was there for every game, Norris. I remember all your highlights. Trust me. I, I UD Fizzling next one. So I'm <laughs> sure stuff is right. <laughs> All right, check it out. Energy Cubes, E3EnergyCubes.com. Our guy, Norris Cole. Thanks, Norris. Appreciate you guys. Shout out, Heat Nation. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.